0: Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Amen. How many are glad to be here today? Come on, how many are glad to be here on the last Sunday or fourth Sunday of the first month of the year? See y'all playing with me. I said, how many are glad to be in God's house on today? Come on, get somebody a hug. Tell me that you love them, glad to worship with you today. So pleased to be here. What an amazing day that God has given us. I know that for some of us in here, 2019 was filled with some highs and some lows. There were struggles and days that challenged. But as you enter this new year, you realize one thing in particular possibly, that you can search all over. But you won't find anybody greater than God. No matter what you do, no matter how far you search, high or low, amen, you won't find anyone who walk with you and talk with you and remind you who you belong to. In fact, tell yourself right now, I belong to God. I belong to God. God has kept you, sustained you, guided you, led you. You ought to celebrate today. All Lord is done in your life and is doing. Come on, let's worship just a little bit. Let's sing together. Come on, Dante. The yes mountain, all around, find nobody. Yes. Come on, where my worship is at today. Yes. Way down into the deepest valley. Looked all around now, looking fine no Mm, I went across the deep blue sea. Yes. Couldn't find one to compare to your grace, your love, your mercy. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Oh, come on, you gotta feel that today. Come on, let's get ready to go in with God. Searched on over. Couldn't find no man. Yeah. A Searched true. high and low. Still bonsai, no man. Come on, dear, say this part. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Hey. Come, come on. on, say that again. Search all over. Search all over. Come on, let's go. High low. High low. Still can no by Come on. Nobody greater. Nobody can feel hey. me like you can. Oh, most holy one, you are the great hey, I am. am. Awesome in all your ways, and mighty is your hand. You are here, you carried out the redemption plan. You are here, you carried Still can't find nobody, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Search all night. Come on. Nobody greets. Nobody Nobody Come on, make it personal. Talk to God. Talk to God. Tell the Lord, nobody greater. Nobody great, great. Nobody great. Nobody great. Come on, I dare you to make it personal. Mm. No one can't you. The 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 one can't you. you. like one you can No one can see you
1: like you can No one can see you like you can No one can, you, yeah. can you like you can no one can see you like you can
0: no one can see mm. me like you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah, one yeah. can heal Yeah, 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 yeah. Me like you can. No one can heal me like you can. No one can feel me like you can. No one, no one, no one. Hey. No way. your arms around somebody. Just put your arms around somebody. God, we thank you that you are incomparable. There is nobody like you, God. No one who heals, no one who delivers, no one who sets free. God, we are in awe this morning. Your magnificence and your magnitude, oh God, are overwhelming and overpowering. We bow down in your presence this morning, oh God. Not because of your power, but because of the power of your love, oh God. God, you love us. How can we not celebrate that today? We thank you, God. Because, God, in those days when we feel unseen, you see us. Those days when we feel like no one cares, you are mindful of us, oh God. And we magnify your name, oh God. We bless your name, oh God. Because you have been consistent and constant in our lives. So, God, right now we just pause to say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In those moments, oh God, where we were uncertain of our future, but you stepped in and made a way, we thank you, God. We thank you, God. In those moments when we felt like we were about to lose our minds, oh God, you stepped in and restored our peace and restored our joy and restored our hope. God, we say thank you this morning. Thank you, God, because we searched all over, still can't find nobody greater than you. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you, and it's in your name we pray, and we say amen, amen, amen. amen. come on, give somebody a hug and tell them you love them today, and after you do that, just take a seat for a second, just for a second just a few quick things before we move on we're a little behind so y'all gonna get the the catholic priest sermon this morning some of y'all don't know that joke but we listen today after both services pastor trey and serena We'll be meeting with parents of our young dreamers. If you're a parent and you're interested about what's going on this year with our youth team, our youth ministry, our young dreamers ministry, you can meet with Pastor Trey and Serena after church, both services after this one and the second in the Fellowship Hall. Also, we thank God after the second service we have a, a seniors meet and greet with the pastor with myself. Also, we have a creatives info session uh, next Sunday about our uh, african-american history month presentation if you're interested after the next sunday after the second service there'll be an information session oh that is today i was looking at the wrong thing okay today after the second service if you're if interested in the african american history production presentation you can get information about that after service where in a sanctuary, okay, good. Also, February 1st at noon is our all-in mixer. If you want to get more information about FCBC, and my hope is that all of you will, who have a mind to work, if you want to find ways you can serve, we know that everybody can do everything, but maybe you can find that one place and space in FCBC where you can serve this year. It may just be one moment, one event, one activity, but I believe everybody has capacity to serve in some way, shape, or form this year. So on February 1st, that's next Saturday at noon, Uh, You will hear and find out ways you can be engaged. Also, next Sunday, hold on. When is our Super Bowl party? John Leslie, you put Saturday. I thought that was wrong. Next Sunday is our Super Bowl party. Okay, good. So as all we want to make sure we have volunteers And persons who come out and serve, they've been taking names, and all your uh, generosity has been amazing so far. And we expect it even more. Yeah, we need more folk, though. We need more people. Look, I'm not even worried. You know why I'm not worried? We've been doing this thing for years, and it's always been amazing. And you always show up. I don't expect it any different. So you know we need volunteers, we need people to serve, we need dishes, we need people to serve, we need people to serve, we need people to serve. And so after service, they have a table as well. And you can get information, but make more than that, we wanna make sure you come to serve. And then very special on, and this is the last one, on the 8th of February at noon, we will be on vision casting session slash church meeting at noon on February 8th. You can hear where we'll be, what we'll be doing. We'll be going between now and 2026. It's a seven year vision plan. Man, that God has kind of laid out, uh, and and we're excited about what God is going to be doing in this season. Amen. Good. Come on, stand to your feet. If you're here for the first time, we'd like to take this time to share our uh, statement of identity, our purpose statement. If you've been coming here, you already know it. Or if you need some help, you could look up at the board. We're not going to be mad at you that much. Um, so we can declare these words together. Amen. Come on, let's declare these words. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers. Oh, call by God to live, the lives of the to live. By God to love beyond and God to serve. Amen. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if you cannot remember all that, we have three core values here at FCBC. What are they, family? Live, love, serve. Amen? Amen. Amen. We've been in this series, Be Human is our movement. This year's theme is it's bigger than you. On our first Sunday, we talked about courage. Second Sunday, we talked about self-doubt. And then last Sunday, we talked about sacrifice. This Sunday, I want to talk about something a little different so you can grasp how, at times, what we do has ramifications and consequences beyond yourself, but also has salvific outcomes once God gets engaged. Amen. So I want us to turn to the book of Genesis, the 50th chapter. I'm going to read this in the New Revised Standard Version and in the Message Bible, verses 14 through 21. Genesis 50, verses 14 through 21 in the NRSV and then the Message. Here's what it says. After he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. Realizing that their father was dead, Joseph's brother said, What if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him? So they approached Joseph saying, Your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong they did in harming you. Now, therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of God of your father, Joseph, father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him and said, we are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. In the Message Bible, it reads a little differently. After burying his father, Joseph went back to Egypt. All his brothers who had come with him to bury his father returned with him. After the funeral, Joseph's brothers talked among themselves. What if Joseph is carrying a grudge and decides to pay us back? For all the wrong we did him. So they sent Joseph a message. Before his death, your father gave this command. Tell Joseph, forgive your brother's sin, all that wrongdoing. They did treat you very badly. Will you do it? Will you forgive the sins of the servants of your father's God? When Joseph received their message, he wept. Then the brothers went in person to him, threw themselves on the ground before him and said, We'll be your slaves. Joseph replied, Don't be afraid. Do I act for God? Don't you see you plant evil against me? But God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people. Easy now. You have nothing to fear. I'll take care of you and your children. He reassured them, speaking with them heart to heart. Amen. Amen. God, we thank you. We pray, oh God, that your word would move in this place. That your word, oh God, would roam freely in this space and meet and touch where necessary. God, may the words that you declare on today and the collective meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, you are our strength. You are our rock. You are our redeemer. And God, we say thank you today. Thank you, Lord. Have your way and we'll get out of the way and let you be God all by yourself, oh God. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and we say amen. 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 Come on, put your hands together. The Lord, a hand clap. I pray you take your seat. In, 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 In the translations that we're familiar with growing up in church, King James, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Like the Message Bible, the plans you had for evil, God took those plans and made it work out for my good. I wonder if at any point during their life after what they had done, if those brothers ever had any regret. I wonder if Joseph ever crossed their minds The scripture doesn't tell us what their emotions were, but I often wonder, how did they feel when the reality of what they had done had come to pass? Maybe they didn't feel anything for themselves, but I wonder if on that day when they misled their father into believing that Joseph had been consumed, killed by some wild animal... I wonder what they felt as they watched the tears stroll down their father's face. I wonder if guilt consumed them. I wonder if their father's pain had hit their heart. Sometimes we forget how the actions we commit have long-term impact on other people. We don't always think about the things we do. We don't always think about sometimes even the things we say. But if we started thinking about the tentacles of our actions and our words, just maybe we would be a little bit more restrained when we do and say, yeah. and start thinking of the people's whose lives are implicated by our actions and our speech. What got them, and I'll be brief. Take your time. No. <laughs> what got them. Was it, yeah, we got to get out of here, okay, y'all? <laughs> you play too much. Listen, what got them was this, their jealousy and the hatred that their jealousy birthed. Three times in the opening, opening parts of this story, it recalls how the brothers hated Joseph. They could not stand him because he had the audacity to see what God revealed. God had shown him in dreams how he would rise and how even in his rising at some point, those around him, father, mother, and brothers would have to bow down in some way. Not in the way they thought because Joseph was not the one who wanted to just wave his status in their face. But he was simply sharing, communicating to them a dream he had. And what they did not know is that the dream he had was bigger than Joseph. It was a dream he had they didn't realize for all, not just his people, but for even the Egyptian people. It was a God-sized dream. Oh, my God. God God-sized dreams are always bigger than you. They're always designed so that others can be transformed and blessed by what God has given poured in and shown you what God has shown you given you demonstrated to you about you ain't for you it's always for those who can be blessed and touched by what God has poured in I've seen people live small sheltered closed, selfish lives believing what they had was only for their well-being and for their benefit I see people with great gifts who simply look at their great gifts as an avenue for their own prosperity and consumption and miss the larger benefits of what they have. Joseph's dream wasn't really just about Joseph. It was about how he would be in a position to save his people, his family, and indeed a nation. But they could not hear that or see that. All they could see is that somehow... Joseph was elevating himself above them but the deep part Joseph did not fabricate the dream it came to him it arrived to him and he simply shared what had been given I am not telling you don't share dreams but every now and again there's a cautionary tale here that everybody can't handle the dreams you share Especially when the dreams you share are connected about your elevation. They grew jealous. And it said three times they hated Joseph, hated him even more. Even his father and mother were angry at the prospect of his dreams. But it's one thing to be jealous of someone, it's another thing to hate someone. But then when you take your jealousy and your hatred, and you turn them into actionable items, executable outcomes. That is when your hatred and your jealousy become vindictive and dangerous because you then try to execute plans created by your jealousy and your hatred. They wanted to kill Joseph, but their brother Reuben had convinced them not to kill them, that they didn't want that blood on their hands. And so... While they were plotting what to do, a group and band of Ishmaelites came, and, and they had thrown him in a pit beforehand, and they decided not to kill, but Reuben had convinced them, "Don't kill." and they decided, just throw him in the pit." And Reuben left, but he didn't realize that the brothers would then take on and execute their jealousy even deeper. They then sold their brother into the Ishmaelite hands. Reuben had left. Reuben had done his part. He had convinced them, just leave him in the pit. And Reuben's plan was to come back when the brothers were gone and get his brother Joseph out of the pit. But when he came back, his brother was gone. And what the other brothers did is took the coat, the coat that their father had given Joseph that signified how he was favored by his father and they tore it to pieces, put blood on it, made it seem as though some wild beast had killed their brother, knowing that they had sold him Into the hands of the Ishmaelite people. This is amazing because when the father comes and the father sees and gets the report, he then is torn with grief and and bitter tears because his son is gone. Reuben is torn with grief and bitter tears as well. But there was something that the brothers never fully estimated. Their jealousy had blinded them. Their hatred had caused him not to see what was the most critical thing about Joseph. It wasn't his gift necessarily. It wasn't his dreams necessarily. It was this line that the writer makes sure he makes us aware of at every station of Joseph's journey. And God was with him. Oh, that is the X factor. That is the unseen quantity in your life where people often underestimate because they don't always see the visible signs of God's tangible presence in your life. And God was with him. It is not that God is not with others, but Often the writer of scripture has a tendency to magnify this reality, especially when the individual is surrounded by people who are blinded by greed, by jealousy, by hatred, by bitterness. Almost to remind us, those of us who would at some point in our journey play the role of the brothers, never underestimate the power of God's presence. And God was with him. God is with you. You can't forget that. It's one thing when other people don't see the presence of God in your life. It's another thing when you forget the God presence is in your life. That divine presence always means divine possibility. Oh, I'm gonna say that again. Divine presence always means divine possibility. So that means what may be visible is not what is the most critical. It is what is not visible that begins to set the situation for your life Because God's presence, watch this, often manifests itself in spaces where it is attempted to be silenced, quieted, covered, or not seen. Oh, I hope you get that part. God is with you. But sometimes the tangible manifestation of God's presence shows itself forth when you come under attack. When people try to undermine you. That's when they get a glimpse of what is keeping you. Oh gosh, I hope you can get that. That sometimes they may not see it until they are trying to come for you. And then all of a sudden, the presence of God begins to manifest itself in strange ways. They sold him, they put him in a pit. And I'm not going to do the churchy part, you know. But they put him in a pit but he was not by himself. God was with him. They sold him into servitude, but he was not by himself. God was with him. Then those Ishmaelites sold him off to now an Egyptian higher high leader, Potiphar. And here's the thing, that when you acknowledge and see and feel God's presence with you, watch this, God's presence does not come unaccompanied. God often partners with the gifts that God has given. Oh, come on. You got to get that today. That God forms a partnership with the gifts that God has given you. And they become visible when people try to silence you, quiet you, cover you, work against you, undermine you. God's partnership is made manifest. There. Part of her service, God's presence and the gifts that God gave Joseph again to rise. It's amazing, no matter how low his brothers tried to keep him, elevation was always possible. Oh, you need to hear that today. Some of y'all may miss this. You don't put your hope in people who don't see you. Don't put your faith in folk who refuse to acknowledge what God is doing through you because no matter how much they try to reduce you God will elevate you that's why it was impossible for him to stay in a pit he would have to come out that's why it was impossible for him to stay in servitude he would have to come out and even in Potiphar's house There, serving Potiphar, elevated him and made him run all of Potiphar's household. The problem was something else that Joseph could not control. The scripture says, and Joseph was handsome. I don't know who I'm talking to, but don't. If they look good, don't be mad at them. eh? They didn't do that themselves. Potiphar's wife saw how handsome he was. And she wanted to sleep with Joseph. But Joseph wasn't about that life at the moment. (laughs) Joseph resisted because his commitment to Potiphar is greater than the seduction of his wife. He resisted. He resisted. And it said that one day when she tried to get Joseph and he, he said, look, I'm out of here. And she grabbed his coat. The coat came off and she kept it and he ran off. And then because she couldn't get what she wanted, she tried to take what he had. Then she lied. She told the servants of her husband, look, this Hebrew tried to sleep with me, seduce me, ravage me, rape me. And then they threw him in jail. But what? God was with him. Why? Because you cannot reduce God's presence. You cannot bind God's presence. You cannot hold captive God's presence. And God was with him, hear me, with him in the pit, with him in servitude, with him in Potiphar's house, and guess what, with him in jail. Now Joseph is in jail, and there are two other persons who've been thrown in jail by Pharaoh. The head cupbearer and the head baker are there with Joseph, and the head cupbearer and baker are frustrated because even while they're in prison, they still have dreams. Oh gosh, I wish I had time for that this morning, but and I can, I told you. And 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 watch, and and so they have a vision. Watch this. The cupbearer has a vision, Joseph interprets it, and the vision really lets the cupbearer know that he will be restored to his place of privilege with the pharaoh. The baker has a vision, Joseph interprets the vision, and he tells the baker, listen, um, in three days, the pharaoh is going to kill you and impale your head on a stick, and the birds will consume what's left. And sure enough, Joseph's interpretation came to pass. But you got to remember this. What Joseph told the cupbearer and the baker was that these interpretations don't come from me. They come from God. I'm just a channel and a vessel. Oh, I wish more of us understood that. And so when the cupbearer is released, he's restored back to the place of Privilege. The baker is killed, his head is put on a stake, but now Pharaoh has dreams. He had a dream that there were seven cows that were healthy and well-off. Then in addition to seven cows that were healthy and well-off, there were seven cows that were sickly and consumed. And then all of a sudden those seven sick cows consumed the seven healthy cows. Same thing, he had another dream that there was budding grains of wheat that were coming from one bundle and then there was other grains coming from another bundle that were distorted and those distorted grains, bundles, we consumed the good ones. The king got all the magicians and all the sorcerers and everybody in his region to interpret, but nobody could interpret. But then the cupbearer remembered, when I was in jail, There was a man who interpreted my dream. Now, what you need to know is that the time between the release of the cupbearer and his conversation with Pharaoh is two years. For two years, Joseph was in prison with his gifts and the presence of God. Two years. And two years later, when the Pharaoh needed somebody, the cupbearer remembered who he left in jail. He said, King. When I was in prison, when you weren't thinking of me too favorably, I had a dream, and there was a man in prison with me who interpreted my dreams. Maybe he can do that for you. And so Pharaoh summons this man, and they bring Joseph to Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him the dream about the seven cows who were healthy, the seven cows who were sickly, the ears of corn in the bundle that were healthy, and others that were not, and how the seven sick cows consumed the seven healthy cows. And The waning grains and bundles consumed those that were vibrant and healthy. And Joseph said, well, first of all, Pharaoh, God will give the interpretation. Again, let him know that it was God who was moving through him and with him. He said, here's the interpretation, King, that you're going to have seven years of prosperity and plenty. Followed by seven years of famine. So that the best thing to do is to store up in the seven plentiful years in Preparation for the seven years of famine When he interpreted this to Pharaoh Pharaoh Not only started believing in Joseph But he started believing in Joseph's God Because Joseph gave his God the credit Hold on you missed this Pharaoh was converted because Joseph gave God the glory. That not his gift, but acknowledging where the gift came from transformed Pharaoh. And not only does Pharaoh now look at Joseph with favor, but watch this. Joseph is elevated to be second to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, Whatever he tells you, you do it. That we make no decisions unless Joseph approves of it. He runs and rules my kingdom. Pharaoh gave him new garments, gave him a ring, put it on his finger, let him know that he was now like Pharaoh. Now, I told you I'd be quick, I'm going to let you go, but watch this. His story started in jealousy, but now ends with. Unimaginable realities that were birthed in confined possibility. I hope you get that. Brothers hated him, God was with him. Put him in a pit, God was with him. Under servitude with the Israelites, God was with him. In Polyphor's house, God was with him. In jail, God was with him. And now in Egypt, not only is God with him, but God has elevated him. Well, a few things that have am done. One, you can't stop what God gets started. I, I, I don't care how much people try. If you know that what is going on in your life is a manifestation of what God is doing, can't nobody stop. What God has started. You need to remember that. The next time you start thinking, you got to have this person in your corner and part of this crew and part of this clique and have this relationship and network in these places. No, if God has started it, nobody can put an end to it. What God has begun, God will bring to completion in your life. Secondly, never underestimate the overlooked. Because the overlooked ain't alone. Oh, God. God was with him every step of the way. Look at this for a second, if you will. His name was Joseph, which means God will give increase. His name... Told the key to his identity. Yeah. That no matter where he was, God gave increase. And then there's a fine line, Pastor Kendra, there's a line. When, when Pharaoh sees who Joseph is, now Pharaoh gives him a new name. Zephanoth Paniah. It's in the text. It's an Egyptian name, which means this. God speaks and God lives. You, you, you missed this. Two names, one God. God gives increase, God speaks, and God lives. That's why you've survived what you've been through. God gives increase, God speaks, and God lives. That's why you haven't lost your whole mind yet. God gives increase, God speaks, and God lives. That's why when folk counters you out, you're still standing in your right mind and in your power because God gives increase, God speaks, and God lives. And why? Let me say this. I do not, I'm going to say more about this next sermon because we got to go, but I do not want to say what many of us take this, to me oh that there was purpose in his pain we love to do that especially when we're faced with things that seem indescribable suffering and hardship. oh God purposed this no that ain't what the text says it is irresponsible to bypass someone's pain and then tell them well God purposed this no God didn't purpose my little daughter to be molested. God didn't purpose my son to be killed. God didn't purpose my mother to be assassinated. No, don't twist God like that. God purpose. We love purpose when it's beautiful, but when it's ugly, how dare you then say God purpose that? It leaves us theologically impotent. No, look at what the text said, especially the message Bible. God took what you meant for evil, took it, and then shifted it, and then redeemed it, and made something beautiful. Your intention was your intention, but I'm grateful that God can confiscate the worst plans of people, take them over, and shift them into something beautiful. That's the only thing that enables me to forgive some people who meant me harm. God took your evil plans and made them into something different that worked out not just for me, but for you. So here it is, I'm done. At the very scene, chapter 50. Joseph's identity has been revealed. The brothers are in his presence. They are afraid because, watch this, they think that Joseph will treat them like they treated him. Oh, that's when you flip it on folk who don't like you. If I treat you based on how you treat me, I have surrendered my power at your altar. I have given you power over my life. But when I cannot think about what you did, but what God had to do. Oh, you missing this. Not what you intended, but what God co-opted. My focus is not on your actions. Watch this. It's on God's reaction. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah, I want you to hear this. Why can I even celebrate in your dysfunctional action toward me? Because I know God got the next move. Oh, I need you to hear that today. Why do I rejoice even in the face of the worst problems? Because God got the next move. And when God moves, God will take what you tried to do and make it work out. They're in the presence of his brothers. They think that they're about to get killed. But Joseph's eyes ain't on them, but his love is for them. What you meant for evil, God turned that thing around and made it for my good. I rejoice not for your hate, but for God's goodness. I don't rejoice for your jealousy, but for God's goodness. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Here's the hope, and I want to stop. My faith is not in God's purpose in the dysfunction. It's in God's ability to co-opt what you started against me and make it work for me. I love the idea that God can take bad plans and make them good ones. I love the fact that God can take your hate and use me as a benefactor for your breakthrough. That is the power of God. Confiscating power. Co-opting power. And that is what enables me even in the worst of times to celebrate the possibility of what God will do next. That is why Even in those dismal and dark moments of your life. When it seems like hope has been vanquished and vision is gone. When you feel like you've hit bottom. And all you see is the bleakness of your situation. Just tell yourself. God's got another move. God has another move. And God's next move will surpass evil's first move. That's the hope. Action, God's reaction. And the power is that God's reaction can be redemptive, transformative. That's why you never ought to think that your life is completely defined by the negative spaces you're in right now. God's up to something. You gotta know it, feel it, believe it. That's why I celebrate, that's why I rejoice, that's why I praise, that's why I honor because every moment of my life is filled with divine possibility because of God's divine presence in your life. I want you to get to a point in your spiritual journey where you live in the space of anticipation of what God will do next. What will that do? to your life, to your worship, to your living. I live in constant anticipation and expectation yeah. of what God will do next. Next. And here's the problem or the issue. God's present means God is already and always ready to bust a move in your life. And all you got to do is celebrate every time god shows up that's why i now understand when i used to hear him saying church now i can say it for myself when i think of the goodness yeah. and all god's done for me my soul cries out not my mouth not my mind my soul cries out hallelujah lord hallelujah Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet today. Right where you are. Right where you are. One, just join hands with someone. But I want you to think, even now, about those moments where you felt and saw the negative action but then you also felt and saw God's powerful reaction even now just think of all those moments where God intervened on your behalf oh thank you God All those moments where God stood in the gap between you and hate, between you and jealousy. All those times when you thought things were spiraling out of control, you hit bottom, not realizing that bottom was a springboard into greater possibility. That is a way to look at it. You're not hit bottom to die. You hit bottom to bounce back for a new season of awakening, a new season of seeing, a new season of feeling God's presence in your life. God, we bless your name. We bless your name, oh God. We thank you, God, that when there are people who mean things for evil, you can take their plans, reverse them, oh God, and find redemption in the midst of their evil plans. Thank you, God, for stepping in for us. Somebody right now, oh God, you intervened this morning. You stood in the gap last night. You made a way, oh God. So we celebrate that right now. We honor that right now, oh God. Lord, keep on doing your thing in our lives and we'll continue to be grateful. No matter how many times we say it, still not enough. God, we love you. We love you. We love you. God, Thank you especially for the times when the plans against us were created by us. where you had to intervene for us because of us. Thank you, God. Because it reminds me that you always want us to be our best for you. And oh, to be my best for God. To be my best for God. Because when I'm my best for you, oh, God, that means I'm my best for myself and I'm my best for those around me. Why? Because it is bigger than me. Amen. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. And we say amen. 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 Come on, get somebody a hug today. And remain standing, we're getting ready to go. Open those side doors, security. Listen, come back, let's join these hands again. We gonna get ready to get out of here. A few things, one, for our parents who are here with young people, don't forget after service in the fellowship hall, which is upstairs, there'll be a meeting, parents meeting with Pastor Trey and Serena. If you wanna get information for young people, Super Bowl Sunday is next Sunday, which means we need volunteers, people to, and donations, so we can have supplies here for our family members who come. Remember, Subo Sunday, it's not just us. There are people from our local shelters who come and celebrate in fellowship. So we need you, we need donations. Most of all, we need your love and support. Amen? Amen? Come on, let's join hands. Prepare to leave today. Remember this as you leave. Don't behave as if the presence of wrong and negativity in your life is permanent. Stop surrendering to temporary dysfunction. Know that beyond that there is a God who's still moving and because God is still moving, I stand in anticipation and expectation of God's next move stop giving the best of your energy to grief give it to glory and watch what God will do in your life now unto you O God who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless in your presence continue to remind us O God that you will take us from grief to glory from now until we meet again on the other side Where the sun neither rises nor sets, because the sun is Jesus the Christ, the light of the world. It is in your name we pray and we say amen. 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 Have a wonderful day. Give somebody a hug. Tell them you love them. God bless. Peace.